Hey guys, today on the Launchpad we wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to talk about the Alien franchise. With six movies in its canon, it's going to be tough to cover it all in one episode. So we decided to break it up into five separate, shorter episodes. Each one is about a half hour long and covers one or two of the films in the Alien franchise. We're going to call them the Launchpad Shorties. Hopefully you like them. Check them out. We're going to drop them all at once. Today we're starting with Alien. Mission sequence start. Six, five... When I was a kid in like fifth or sixth grade, I had this, my best friend, he was allowed to see rated R movies and I wasn't. And the movie he always talked about was Alien and Aliens. And on the playground, we would play Aliens, but I hadn't seen the movie. So I'm the doofus being like, and then we get on our helicopter and like, we don't have, they don't have that. Like I didn't see the movie. What am I supposed to do? And so I begged my parents to let me watch this movie and they're like oh, i don't know and we were at a bowling alley and my dad was talking to his dad his dad was like it's not that bad there's that one scene and my dad was like yeah and sigourney weaver running around in her underwear all right fine so i went over to this kid's house popped in the vhs tape and i saw alien for the first time and it blew my mind blew my mind like a little chest burster popped out of my head and just was like ah. Like a mental chest burster. <laughs> Welcome to the launch pad. We're the Rocketeers. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt, tell me about your introduction to the Alien franchise. Well, mine was not with a single alien. I jumped on board on the second step. I went straight to Aliens. I remember my dad was watching it. What I later found out was the director's cut because it had the sentry guns. And it had some stuff with Newt's family in it, which I know I saw. And then later when I saw the movie again, I could not understand why they had that, uh, why it didn't have that. But uh, my dad was watching Aliens and it must have been on TV, probably USA or something over a weekend. And I was a kid, sat down with him and was hooked. It was just so badass. It was a bunch of cool soldiers with neat future guns shooting a really scary, really cool-looking alien that was half puppet, half man in suit, and then you get one of the greatest cinematic showdowns at the end of that film. Oh man! Um, I, I was fucking hooked, dude. I used to, I, <laughs> I was your friend growing up. I used to play aliens, and I know that I saw the director's cut because I used to play with sentry guns. Me and my friends would set up a fake, like a, one of our toy guns, and then go hide somewhere else and pretend that the sentry guns were taking care of hordes of aliens as they approached us. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that director's cut is interesting because the sentry guns are cool, and I don't mind the Newt's family stuff, but at the end of the day, there's, like, all this extra stuff. There's a garden scene that's so long yep. and boring and yep. a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm you glad you cut that out. You don't need it for yeah. sure. But the sentry guns are super cool because, I mean, I think that just shows they just wanted to show a bunch of aliens exploding. And it's a cool idea, and it... Yeah. it, it I think, and we can, we're going to talk about this a little bit later too, it, it really adds to the tension, which I think this series, for the most part, is known for. Yeah. You know? So the first film, Alien, was pretty groundbreaking for its time. I mean, the design of the creature by H.R. Geiger and, and mm -hmm. casting Sigourney Weaver as, as the lead role. That movie has 
one of the greatest scenes in, in cinematic history. And, and, and I think the movie as a whole is just one of the best. But the one scene in particular, you know the one I'm talking about. Sure. The chestburster scene. Mm-hmm. They've gone to this planet. This thing gets on this guy, lays some shit in his stomach. And then at a dinner scene, they're all having fun eating dinner. And he starts flopping around like a fish. And this creature pops out of his chest. And people lose their minds about it. I mean, this scene is so shocking. If you don't know what's happening, it's just insane. And one of the things that people always say is that like the actors didn't know. And you and I are both from, from practical effects backgrounds. Right. Um, if you see a guy half built into a table, you know right. something's <laughs> like the actor. They had it's funny because they had to know something. And I actually just watched this movie last night. And like most good scenes, it's comprised of a bunch of different shots. And there's certain shots that he must have had some sort of effects rigging or blood tubing yeah. or whatever on. Certain's he didn't. And they're trying to force a spoon in his mouth. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. They're trying to jam a spoon in his mouth. So I wonder like how much of that is improv and how much of that is is directed. But yeah, yeah there's supposedly at least one part of that the crew the cast did not know exactly. They knew something was gonna happen. Yeah. But they weren't sure what. I, I think it's the part where the initial blood spurt like I agree. He, he must have a squib on his chest and it goes split and like right. the initial spurt of blood must have surprised the shit out of people. Right. They just didn't know they didn't know what was about to happen, and and then suddenly, like, a big plume of blood comes out of this guy's chest. But, like, when he's half-built into a table... And oh, yeah, no, they knew like, that. They knew something was happening. Maybe they didn't know what the creature looked like, but, yeah, that thing... That was so crazy. And then that movie just has great suspense. You have some great characters and, and you know, just this iconic creature. Um well, it did a lot. You know, I uh, we were talking about this before. Jaws was 1975. Yeah. That that made people look at water differently. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Alien was probably... No, Alien was definitely not the first space movie that had scary shit in it. Yeah. But, you know, the tagline, in space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah. They were trapped on that ship. With a creature that they didn't understand, didn't know about, and really didn't have an effective means for fighting back. The movie has such an amazing vibe because these guys are, they're trapped, they're trying to get away, they can only run so far. You you had a really good analogy for it. Yeah, it's a haunted house in space movie. It, 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 it contains them and then releases a, a, a creature in there. And, and that, that really, that isolation, they did such a good job of making you feel alone, making you feel trapped. And like haunted house movies always have to come up with a gimmick that's like, there's a storm outside, you can't leave, your cell phones don't work. Well, mm-hmm. space is just a natural setting yeah. for you are alone, no one can help you. If things go bad, it's, it's dangerous mm-hmm. and, and horrifying. And they do such a great job of making it feel feel like that. They really, really do. And it, it really is, I brought up Jaws, because I feel like it's almost like Jaws in space. You know, you have one force that you don't understand, you don't know everything, you really don't know anything about it, really, and all you know is it's fucking your world up, and you can't get away. You can't do anything about it. You, you know, they, they eventually do do something about it, but you got to figure that shit out, and they, it's they at a big build toll. a flamethrower. Like that's the coolest yeah, thing. Is right? They have to like they have to like MacGyver this shit. So like in Apollo thirteen, 
you know, shit goes wrong in space and Tom Hanks figures out how to build like an air purifier out of like some some rubber gloves and duct right. tape. In Alien, they had to come up with a way to build a flamethrower to fight this thing. They built the motion detector. The motion detector. But they only had, they specifically say we have one flamethrower or two flamethrowers and they're half they're half full. Yeah. It's Why like, do they fuck. have flamethrowers? To, to get the, the little Minox off their ship? <laughs> then they have a cattle prod. I think that was the uh-huh. only thing they had. And a net. Yeah. They literally have a net. Yeah. Very, very little. And then Bilbo Baggins is in space with them, and he's a robot. He's what a, a great yeah. fucking reveal. If yeah. you don't know that watching the movie, it's just... Almost as good as the chestburster. For sure. I agree. And I think a lot of times, and we talked about this before, a lot of times when you make a movie about something, usually it's a, an outside force that the protagonists are against, you also have a human element that they yeah. also have to fight, you yeah. know? Like, the thing is amazing and, you know, we're worried about an alien, that whole movie, but also we're distrusting other humans and a couple humans want to wrest control from a creedy. So there's a human element there. Um, Jaws, and to go back to Jaws, Jaws the mayor is the human element. Yeah. He yeah, is yeah. trying to tie Brody's hands any way he can trying to deal with this problem. Alien, you have this character who, from the get-go, is slightly shady. Ripley says flat out she doesn't trust him. He breaks protocol, which really is one of the most inciting incidents of the whole film, when he lets them back onto the ship. Um, And then it turns out, you find out he's a a freaking android Mm -hmm. who has a whole other set of programming Mm -hmm. that is not what the humans were told. It's, It's unreal. And then you're also like... Fuck, that's a really cool robot thing that you did, you know, as, a, as far as an effect and as a device. Oh, man. And then when they plug his head back in and start talking to him, and yep. he's got that weird, like, echo Double voice, voice. yeah, like a reverb voice. So cool. And it's I so creepy. purity. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, and and, and Ian Holm, who, who plays Ash. Sure. I mean, he's so good in <clears throat> other movies, The Fifth Element and Bilbo mm-hmm. in The Lord of the Rings. And... To play this character and to play it so dark and so well, I mean, I, I think I think that movie just has a double whammy of, like, one of the coolest creatures introduced, one of the coolest ways to introduce a creature, and then one of the best human element android sure. villains. And, I mean, just, it just has such a great ending. And it doesn't end hopeful. She ejects into space and maybe Who some knows? people will find her. Yeah. yeah. And that is, you know, it just had everything. Hopelessness isolation horror and you know the the success of that film it actually got panned mm. um they used haunted house in space as a negative they're like cheesy terrible it, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, critics did not like it but audiences loved the shit out of it see and it's funny because and it, it, i guess that and you can think of a lot of different um examples of this but there's a, a lot of movies that I don't know if it's like wine and it, it, it gets better over time. Yeah. But that movie to me, mm-hmm. if I had to explain suspense in a movie to somebody, yeah. that would be the one yeah. that I went to. Not for, for any genre, not just space, not just horror, but for a movie that tries to put you in an uncomfortable situation, mm-hmm. let you know just enough or let you know things in a way that only makes it more suspenseful, more anxious, and then 
releases a little bit at a time, releases a little bit at a time, builds, 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 releases a little bit more. And then finally you have the confrontation at the end where you're like, this is the creature. This is the thing. And the confrontation when Sigourney Weaver's in her underwear. Sure. She's trying to get into the space suit and like strobe lights are going off and there's a cat that like she just maybe just get the cat could come with her and she'll be okay. Yeah. Like. All those moments seem so important and so tense, and then the alien crawls out of the deck, and you're like, "No!" Mm-hmm. It just builds to everything. It's Hitchcockian, really. Yeah, it I really am. is. And like you know, Hitchcock, the master of suspense. Well, they took all those lessons and put it into Alien. A couple interesting facts about aliens: mm-hmm. H.R. Giger, the famous German artist, designed the creature. Um, he was picked up off of. Uh, Alejandro Hodorowski's Dune, which never got made. And if you've never seen the documentary called Hodorowski's Dune, I recommend it to everybody. This is an incredible documentary about sci-fi in the late 60s and how this one project collected all the people that were become the key players in sci-fi design and special effects and art all throughout the golden era of, of the 70s and 80s of Alien, Star Wars, uh, all that stuff. Um, but H.R. Giger was brought on to that project, and when that movie didn't get made, they hired him to make Aliens, to design Aliens. The original script, though, was basically Alien 3, was a wooden spaceship made out of trees and wood, and monks being chased by a creature. The original design for the creature, before they brought H.R. Giger on, looked like a beach ball with tentacles. And it was terrible. Like, people were laughing at it. That would be, yeah. At one point, the movie might have been, was about to be a comedy. But producers kept wrangling it back into what it was. Is that all true? Yeah. And so it's like, this is one of those cases where all the, you know, what do you think the movie should, was about? What do you think, you know, all the inferred symbolism about the alien and the face hugger and the eggs is basically just by luck that the movie became what it was. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> you know, it's watching, again, I watched it last night. It's, and the more I see, the more I watch uh, current movies, movies that are re- re- being released now, mm-hmm. and movies that were released in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, the art of filmmaking has changed, and in my opinion, mm-hmm. and this is a huge blanket statement, and I know that, it's become less of an art. It's become more of a mathematic process. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you make a movie like Alien, you are saying, all right, we have a crew of people who know each other, love each other, hate each other, stuck in a space, in, in a small space, yeah. in space, so they're in a confined element, and... They, I mean, they fucking built, first of all, I'm not even going to say CG versus practical or anything. We'll talk about that later. But when you watch that movie, mm-hmm. there's corridors where the characters are stooping. The, almost every hall, hallway is almost like either an octagon or a hexagon shape. It's not a square shape. So you're losing space in hallways. Everything feels a little bit tighter. There's very few walls that have nothing on it. There's always like boxes and tool panels and shit. Mm -hmm. So it feels like, first of all, it feels lived in. Second of all, it feels like you got to kind of shrug your shoulders in when you're walking through there. It helps that confined feeling. Then you have, in my opinion, inarguably some of the coolest practical effects ever. And they don't shy away from stuff. 
and it's done so perfect, and it's done even better in the sequel, I think. Yeah. But, you know, when you have a movie called Alien, your alien should be cool. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's one of the coolest. And they do a great job, again, not to keep con- con- comparing it to Jaws, but you don't see the, you actually don't see the alien a lot in the first movie. Mm-hmm. There's only snippets, and there's a lot of implied stuff. There's a lot of stuff where you're seeing almost like over the shoulder of the alien he's the silhouette yeah he's the silhouette and it's but it's incredible it's perfectly done seeing more of it would I think would ruin some of that magic well then at the end when it's all strobe lighty and you see him in that strobe light and it's just like oh man and they really really thought about it I read some stuff that said although it was a man in a suit Ridley Scott didn't want to seem like it was a man in a suit so very rarely do you see it straight on. You always see it at a 45 or a profile or a lot of silhouette stuff because they wanted to amp up how unhuman it was. Well, and they really need to hide hide the body so they made the head really big mm-hmm. and it's like that's the thing you see is just this crazy head, the shape and the double jaws, the design is really crazy. I mean, you said lived in. That's I want to go back to that really mm. quick is that's one of the best parts is like there's little things on the walls and like there's a cubby in, in their common area, like these cubbies that you can rest in. And like mm. one of them has like porno cut out and glued yeah. to the wall and like little collages, like they're in a college dorm room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that feels real. That feels like somebody has been there for a long time doing a job. And this is just like something to make it a little bit better. The little duck that drinks water, the bird that dips yeah, and yeah. drinks water, like just the little tchotchkes. Sure. Like that to me is important stickers on doors it's like don't open this like sure like this this door doesn't use other door like this doesn't look like a set it looks like yeah. a room it, it looks, looks like, like a it's place. real and that feels it feels dirty it feels real they felt like dirty characters they felt like real characters the 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 water on the chains like that becomes such an iconic thing in all sci-fi films sure because of this movie is water dripping on change which i don't even know if i understand why the condensation or some shit they try to explain it but like that's such a cool you know the chains clinking sure. the water dripping and then this creature coming down through that it's and dude even in that scene when yeah. they're looking around yeah you see two different vehicles. Mm-hmm. One has wheels. One looks like it flies. You don't see them turn it on. They don't do anything with it. Mm-mm. You don't see like nowadays. Even you know the power loader and the aliens. You had to set up what it was and show what it was. Yeah. But even as Ripley is operating it, there's one in the background. Now there'd be like fucking thirty of them, and they'd be dancing and shit. And it's like, <laughs> and all, all CG stuff. You'd be like, like, you don't need to do that in Alien. You don't even see these equipment on, but it's there. That's dirty. It's got rust. And what it's are got they doing in Alien? What are they doing? What? Are, what? Are, what are the like what space are what truckers? Are, like, what are they doing? What is their hauling job? Hauling ore. Hauling ore. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. <laughs> right. It's that simple. Every movie since then has has gotten more and more complicated and given so much purpose. No, they're just doing a stupid job right. that they don't really like, and that's just what they do. That's bitching, their life. Bitching about. How much money they're making? There's yeah. a two characters, uh, Parker and Brett. Yep. That's almost all of their dialogue before alien shit starts happening. And actually, that is one of my absolute favorite things of this franchise, specifically the first two movies. Is you're watching people who know each other. When that movie starts, Alien, mm-hmm. the first one out of his chamber is um, Kane, who yep. gets the thing on his first. He wakes up first, and it's a slow montage of him rubbing his eyes, and it dissolves. It keeps dissolving into the next shot. 
um, of more people waking up, once they start getting dressed and stuff, it is clear that these characters know each other. Yep. You buy that they've been in stuck in space before, maybe even on other missions together. And they don't explain they don't sit sit around and have this like exposition. They're just having right. a conversation like wish I was getting paid more. Man, right. waking up sucks. Like it's, it's not like, oh, so you're the science officer. Yeah. Yes I am. You're the pilot. Yes, like I no, am. you don't have to fuck I, I'm as an audience, I can figure shit out based on what you're doing and yep. what you're saying. You don't have to tell me. I mean, we've dumbed shit down so much and that is such a weird thing to notice is when you watch something and you're like I'm my mind is being challenged in ways that I enjoy because it's sure. like oh I'm under I'm figuring out the relationships exactly dialogue is written well enough that I understand what's going on I can tell that this person is is disgruntled this person's the captain mm-hmm. I didn't need a moment these two are friends yeah this one is not part of their crew yep. they don't like each other yep and that's and again in aliens we'll talk about aliens in a minute but they it's the same thing you feel like okay. You guys know each other. You are people who are acting like mm-hmm. people would. Yeah. You know? And I think that's that's very important well, also in a movie like this when shit happens later. Cert, I guess any sort of challenge, yeah. but certainly a um, when lives hang in the balance, yeah. when people have to make sacrifices, when people die or lose other people, we as the audience are supposed to care about that stuff. If we don't care about you in the beginning, we're not going to care about you when shit goes down. Yeah, you know? exactly. And there's there's a moment uh, with the chains in the water and mm-hmm. what is the character's name who goes back there? Brett. Brett, the guy with the trucker hat. Yep. Yep. He goes back there and even though there's an alien killing people, even though... They are stressed. He mm-hmm. has a moment where he takes his hat off and lets the water fall on his face because yep. even under stress, we aren't always in fight mode. Like right. human beings, even in the most stressful moments, you you would see that and be like a chance to relieve myself of this stress. And he takes it and it and it gets him killed. But or Jonesy the cat scares him. I should <laughs> right. Say. But but it's just a great moment uh, that shows humanity. It shows realism and it shows character. And that's the thing, and and you know, I said, I told you, I watched, I watched Alien and Aliens last night. Mm-hmm. They build so much character throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and I feel that movies in general, and definitely Alien movies, yeah. lose that as you go. And as you, you go, you you really can't have a success. I don't think you can have a successful film if you don't have successful characters no, I think it's crucial absolutely. probably any medium can't have a book can't have a TV show can't have a video game if, if you, you don't, don't care, care about the characters people. what do you care about literally before we move on to the second film I want to bring out that this this movie laid out in my opinion one of the best ecologies of sure, creature sure. ever and it all comes from the original H.R. Geiger design drawing for it and mm-hmm. it was an egg spider creature crawls out of the egg gets on somebody's face Thing busts out of their chest, grows grows into the alien, and that continues on from there. Mm-hmm. And that ecology is so simple, so perfect, and the second movie, Aliens, does a great job expanding on that to show sure, what sure. the hive behavior of these creatures is. And from that point on, it starts to get a little muddy and weird. But the first two movies do such a good job of creating a creature that you believe could exist in a world, in, in a real life situation, like mm-hmm. how ants work, how 
insects work. Sure, sure. And that is something that I think is is such a successful moment in sci-fi and creature creation yeah, yeah. as a whole. I agree. And, and as we get into it later, I think is one of the biggest disservices to the later films is messing with how perfect Agreed. that life cycle. As far as the genre of films that these films are a part of, the actual design elements mm-hmm. and the the life cycle of that creature works so perfectly because the first thing, at least in the movies chronologically that we see, is an egg. Yep. And you're like, okay, as you understand the concept of an egg, Something's it's inside. okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you you know the guy gets a little bit closer. The alien, the egg opens up, which is a little creepy. You see stuff moving around inside, and all of a sudden that face hugger jumps out. And in that first couple shots, there's two or three shots that comprise the first face hugger jumping on his face. You're not really sure what happened. Yeah. Then later on, you see the face hugger on, and you understand what's going on. Well, and that reveal is Fucking great. Fucking cool. You see something jump on him. Sure. Then they don't show it, and they're like, let us in the ship. Something's on him. And right. And you're like, what? Oh, that's right. You don't see it at and all that whole time. And then they cut it off. The hel- they cut the helmet, helmet off. off of yeah. him. And this thing is wrapped around Because what face. you can see, when yeah. the helmet is there, it's all fogged over. So the only thing you can see is about, like, two, I'll call them vertebrae, yeah. of the spine yeah. of the face hugger. And that's all you can see. It's maybe, like, three inches square of space. Great reveal. Then they open it, and you're like, shit, that's crazy. And then... Yeah. They can't get it off. Can't get it off. Before they even think that it's feeding him oxygen is the first thing they think. That's we don't so even know creepy. about him. It's him choking him and face fucking him at the same time. And they try to cut it off. Mm-hmm. And then you get introduced to one of the coolest fucking creature attributes ever. Ever. Acid blood? Oh my god. Just eats through floors. Like Which water. is awesome because think about, first of all, as a defense mechanism anywhere... Awesome. How do you battle an enemy that if you start winning, it starts bleeding stuff that can hurt Acid. you? Then take into a fat into account that you are in a contained vessel that is pressurized yeah. in the vacuum of space. Yeah. If, and if that blood gets on the <laughs> outer layer of that shit, you're fucked. That's ridiculous. Like to put that in, in a space movie. You know what I mean? It, if an alien was in your house, you'd be like, oh, I don't want that blood to get everywhere. But if you're in a spaceship. It's so perfect because think of all the stupid ways that that horror movies isolate their characters. Like specifically, how do we get rid of your cell phone? Like mm-hmm. all the stupid ways that it's like, oh, my cell phone doesn't work. Oh, I don't have the reception. Battery. Yeah. Oh, I'm lost. Like all the reasons that you can't leave. Well, this just made the best reason why you can't. Not only can you not leave, but you can't kill the creature. You can't stab him. Right. You can't punch him. You can't attack him in any way that causes him physical harm. Mm-hmm. That and is it's awesome. Going back to what we're talking about with how cool the creature is designed, mm-hmm. you have a scare when the thing jumps out of the egg. Yeah. Right? Now you have a scare when it bleeds for the first time. It's not really a scare, but it's it's kind of scary. It, the implication is sure. dreadful. Yeah, it's a psych- at least a psychological scare. Yeah. Then now you have the fucking thing falls off or leaves. Yeah, it just can't find dead. It. it falls off of them. Don't find it. They don't know where it is. Yep. It eventually falls out of a compartment, something dead. Yep. That's a scare. But now you're like, what the fuck? Then he wakes up mm-hmm. and seems like he's fine. Yeah, he's joking. He's like, I'm hungry. And fucking... <sighs> then you have the chest burster. That is a scare, right? Mm-hmm. Then later on, Brett, when he's washing his face 
finds the skin. Yeah. So it's now molting. it's molting, and yeah. you're like, okay. And then when it kills him, it's a human-sized alien. That's a pretty good progression, and with built-in scares along the oh, way, which way. is, like, pretty fucking cool. It's pretty genius. Now, here's a question. You just watched the movie, so so try to remember, does the android, does Ash mm-hmm. know that he has a creature inside of him when he wakes up? Because he's been studying him, his body. He's been looking at the scans of his body, and did he seem suspicious when when the facehugger fell off and he woke up? Did he know that there was a creature inside of him, and was he hoping that he could get home with it before uh, it bust out of him? I'm going to think yes. Yeah. I'm going to think... I agree. Although, yeah, I, I would think yes. I don't know that the movie definitively says it or plants too many hints. Which they shouldn't, because that's awesome, and that makes you wonder, and that gives character... I agree. And I hate when a movie's like, hey, audience, this guy thinks this. You're like, don't fucking tell me what mm-hmm. he thinks. Show me him doing stuff, and mm-hmm. I, as a person, will understand. Um, but there's a number of times, like there's one time where we see him specifically studying video footage of his and X-rays, looking yeah. in a microscope, mm-hmm. and Ripley comes in to give him shit about bringing everybody in. And he turns it off. He turns it off. Yep. So he knows something, and he says, when um, Dallas comes down, when they first see the thing on the face, he says something about it's feeding him. Uh, that he, he sees that there's something down, his, down throat. his throat, and he, or I believe the medical term you used was face fucking him. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think um, Ash hypothesizes that it is feeding him oxygen, and if they were to remove it, he they might kill him. Yeah. I personally think that he n- had an idea of what was actually happening. And was using that oxygen thing as an excuse not to tamper with he it. He immediately, yeah, he immediately gets really into this creature. And, like, when the chest burster's happening, there's one shot where he kind of just backs up against the wall and is, like... Watching, yeah. Yeah, and he's just watching. And mm-hmm. he's like, hmm, unexpected but interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think anybody expected it to, like, bust out. Right, right, right. But I think he knew and I think he wanted to take it home immediately from the get-go i mean that's why he opens the door in the first place is he wants that thing yeah and he wants to see what's up ignition sequence start six five four three two one so if you are like us you love this movie alien what could be better but aliens next we're going to talk about not one alien but multiple more than two Oh, more than two. There's only five or six suits, but there's, I guess, dozens. <laughs> and even a mommy alien. We continue our launch pad shorties with aliens. <laughs> 